0: Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as The Modern Medium, and the mission of this podcast is to create a sacred space for us all so we can tap in and discover our divine selves through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, thank you so much for finding me, and if you are a regular spiritual gifts, or you are a fellow practitioner, fellow intuitive human, and you are just looking for some relatable... Together, I also offer a Voxer container. You could also check out these services and discovery calls on my Instagram page if you simply go to the bio of my Instagram. That was like a roundabout way of saying it. If you go to my Instagram bio, simply click on the link, and you will also find links for making discovery call bookings and anything else. Thank you guys so, so much for hopping on and listening wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Woo, people, I am so excited for you all to hear this conversation. I was looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. I was introduced to this powerful, beautiful practitioner through my best friend, Kayla, I, as you know, am recently single, and there is this really beautiful white space that I am exploring when it comes to just really digging deeper within myself and becoming closer to myself. And sorry, mom, I know I am your daughter, and you listen to this podcast. And if you do not want to listen to the rest of this, here is your warning. But when it comes to discovering more of myself as a woman, and I think we can all agree whoever's listening, man or woman or beautiful they, we need to also discover self-pleasure. We need to discover what that fire is within us so that we can become not only closer to ourselves, but we can bring ourselves even deeper into a conscious relationship when that takes place. And Kayla introduced me to the one and only Lucy Lumpe. And I'm also not sure if I pronounce her last name wrong. Lucy is a mom of four. She is a trauma informed sex and relationship coach. She is an award winning, award winning, hmm, award winning singer and songwriter, commercial actress and print model, and an author of three beautiful books. Her writing has been featured on the Huffington Post, Forbes, Entrepreneur.com, CBS, and Fox. After overcoming an autoimmune disorder and embarking on a beautiful deep healing journey and spiritual awakening during her husband's two-year disability and depression, Lucy has returned with a bold message of love, courage, and freedom. So musically, she boasts a hooking pop sound with soulful, heartfelt vocals. And think of The weekend meets Christina and Shakira, which I'm absolutely here for. And professionally, she draws upon her studies and certifications in neurolinguistic programming, somatic experiencing, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnotherapy, Reiki counseling, EFT tapping, and her degree in exercise science to create unique, powerful programs and curricula for her students and members. I have been following Lucy for a few months. Every single time I see her posts, I save them, I share them with friends, or I share them on my story. There's just something about Lucy that really helped me feel even more empowered as a practitioner, as an intuitive woman, as a psychic medium, It's very easy to fall into the trap as a woman, as we all know, to feel very ashamed, to feel like we need to be quiet about our sensuality, about our sexuality, and about our desires when I'm actually really discovering that our life force, part of that life force is our sexual It's a part of who we are and it's what draws in creativity and creation and manifestation but also, you know, moving through energy and calling in energy and following Lucy has been so deeply inspiring for me and just so, so empowering for me and as a podcaster, uh, if you are a fellow podcaster and you're listening to this and I'm not really sure how you go about booking or, you know, calling in guests, but what I've found is I really go towards guests that are kind of current or how I should say what they talk about, what they share is very current in my now and i I just want to talk about it, if that makes sense. It's almost like when I phone a friend and I'm like, I want to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And with Lucy, with this stage of my life, again, being single and really discovering even more of myself and discovering that Eros, which is the literal life force and how a part of Eros is the sexual fire is actually a very, very important part of our being and our sexual our sexual practice. It's just been incredible talking to Lucy. And after this conversation, I felt so lifted. I felt so deeply inspired, even more so. And in this conversation, we talk about the bare bones. What is arrows? What does it mean? Why is it important? Why is sex important? Why is self pleasure important, not only as a person, but as an intuitive being, why it's important to have a self-pleasure practice, why it's important to really be in tune with your body. And I even ask a question of what's the point? I used to feel very ashamed of a self-pleasure practice. I actually used to really rely on my partner. I used to really rely on, you know, I can only, you know, be intimate with a partner. I can't be intimate with myself. And talking to Lucy has allowed me to actually really tap into spirit, tap into a practice that is through self-pleasure. But also, self-pleasure is just beyond masturbation. It's beyond sex magic. It's also drinking a divine cup of tea. It's about smelling beautiful aromas in the garden. It's about laying in the grass. It's about sensory, just complete exaltation and we get into that it is so wonderful and then of course what I love uh, about what she shares and we get a little bit into is what is a conscious partnership and how we can begin to call that in how we can begin talking about it and thinking about it and God this conversation is absolutely amazing And I love Lucy so, so much. And also really interesting because I was so excited to get to talking with her. I forgot to ask her the question that I started the podcast with, which is what does it mean to embody your soul? So don't worry. I ask it at the end, which honestly was still beautiful. And again, if you guys are looking to connect with Lucy, simply head to our website at Lucy Lampe, and it's L-U-C-I-L-A-M-P-E, where you can discover all of the ways to work with her, discover her music, read more about her, read her writing, contact her, and it's also the same handle as her Instagram and that's where you can follow all of her beautiful, juicy content and learn more about her and kind of learn more about her real time. And of course, she has incredible offerings, incredible classes and workshops. And I am so excited to connect deeper with Lucy and to also eventually take a course from her because I just think she's absolutely amazing. And I'm so blessed to have her in my circle now. So anyways, I love you guys. I'm so excited about this conversation. Please do not be shy reaching out to either me or Lucy to let us know how this conversation sat with you, landed with you, and maybe there's something we can learn from you too. We are all open ears and souls. I love you guys and let's just get into it. Uh, Lucy, thank you so much for being here I'm so so excited to talk to you and before I kind of get into the backstory as to why I'm really excited to talk to you I'm just gonna say thank you and then let you respond before I talk for like 10 minutes and you're like (laughs) (laughs) Cool.
1: thank you for having me on and I'm excited and love talking about all this stuff as you probably know um so yeah I would love to hear about what like about that background like what brought us here what, yes. what like led you to me
0: <laughs> yes 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 so I it's interesting you know of course with a podcast it's like I'm always reaching out and understanding like what kind of beautiful humans and practitioners yeah. I could have not only for my learning and my audience but I've noticed that I've actually ended up connecting with guests that are just it's really just parallel and it's really just in the moment of like, wow, I just need to connect with this person. So, backstory for you and also for my audience of why I'm so excited to connect with you. So in March, I ended my relationship with my long-term romantic partner. And I, you know, I'm just, I've been so devoted in my spiritual practice, but I never thought of sex being a part of it. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, what up? Love sex. Like, let's go. But (laughs) I was never like, oh, they're like in, I just never thought about it as being intertwined. And it was so crazy. I cannot even begin. Oh, this is so interesting. Like the day, the day almost like so bad, like the morning I knew I had to break up with my partner. I was like, I have to masturbate. This has to happen. And it was, like, this seven-day ritual of, like, twice a day and working with spirit and, like, this cleansing. And now it's become such a part of my practice. And I'm now having this beautiful, like, sex guide come in and, like, working with him. And who led me to was my best friend, Kayla, who is a sacred womb healer. And she's like, you have to follow her. Like, you're gonna learn so much from her. And I have just loved learning from you and your delicious husband. Like what? I'm so obsessed. And I, just, I cannot thank you enough for your work because it's just been so illuminating and so empowering for me. And I'm just really excited to now enter this relationship that has these beautiful pillars. Um, that i just you know have never ever had in my own practice but also in a romantic relationship in general
1: so yeah, yeah. that's my backstory <laughs> i love it oh that is exciting yeah and and i love that you started a self-pleasure practice this is my my most powerful spiritual practice is my self-pleasure practice and like it's been several years now but i remember when i first started it there was such a weird awkwardness about it like I don't know, is it, especially because I came from a very conservative and religious evangelical background. So masturbation was, I mean, masturbation is generally not like totally, our society's not totally stoked about it for women as, a, as yeah. in general. It, there's so yeah. much stigma around it still, but with the religious conditioning, it was even more so like, I might literally go to hell for this. And I just had a yeah. lot of, my pleasure was very intimately involved in my deconstruction of my faith as well and reconstruction of it. So... Yeah, so I love that you tapped into this.
0: Yes, oh my God, it has just been so. It's been so much fun. So, anyways, I have just a beautiful list of questions, and then honestly, I'm sure it's so funny because I was even like going through my questions, going through your page. I'm like, which posts have I shared? There's so much I want to ask, but I'm just like (laughs) people have different content. (laughs) There's so much, but I'm like, okay, ADHD, Alexandra, we're just gonna do our best. We're just going to do our thing. So, That's we can do. yes. So, the first question I want to ask for those who have either, I'm sure they've maybe listeners have heard of the word or they've never kind of explored it. I'd love for you to talk about what is Eros? Like, what is the sacred? I'm going to assume like it's the sacred eroticism. Again, I'm just like, oh, Eros. <laughs> important it's it's the sex part with god right but anyways what is in your own words like what is eros for the
1: audience so eros is we first of all okay here if you have not heard of this book you haven't read it i would highly highly recommend it but yeah the book is called a return to eros if you haven't read it yet and for those listeners it's kind of long I would recommend the audio version, but even the audio version is like 12 hours long, but be patient, work, comb your way through it. It is, um, it, it will just expand the way that you see Eros. So in a nutshell, Eros is like the heart of all life itself. It's the aliveness and everything. So it is so much bigger than the sexual, but what happens is we have limited our experience of the erotic to the sexual where the erotic is meant to permeate every single part of our lives. It is that, that like life force, that aliveness, that like, ah, that, that, that life that is flowing through us. So um, drinking a cup of water can be very erotic. Um, Smelling a flower, just walking, breathing, feeling the the breath in your lungs can be extremely erotic. So it's bringing more awareness and consciousness to where that eros is all around us. And, and, the sexual the way that the book describes it too i love the way he talks about this the sexual mimics the erotic and so we learn so much about eros and erotic um liberation within the context context of sex but sex cannot contain the fullness of what eros is it would collapse under it it's just way too big for sex alone to bear the responsibility of all the eros so, um, but yeah, I would recommend that book uh, if for anyone who wants to go deeper into into that.
0: Oh my God! Well, books are a thirst trap for me. So you are <laughs> just something. I literally have like like right. I just have like my stack of books like right now. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I'm like, what? That's do a good one me? to add. Just
0: talking. <laughs> <laughs> just have to have a it's inspiration. Inspiration. Oh Yes. But that is incredible. And I love that. And I, what is, I even like with the context or even fleshing out the context of like, or my context of like why I wanted to tell you and I was so excited to tell you about um, why I'm excited to talk to you. So why is it important to understand eros and this eroticism in our spiritual practice and like maybe giving the listeners some idea of what it's like to be in that and to appreciate it or to embody it. But the difference between not and totally kind of shoving it to the side and ostracizing it just so then maybe they can kind of, you know, collect the pieces of like what they're doing and what they're not doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest distinction is that when you don't have this active, when the, when the Eros is not liberated in your life, whatever spiritual practice you're doing, it kind of, it feels like the way I would describe it is like, it feels like the colors are muted and everything's a little bit numbed down, like really watered down, numbed down. Like it's dry. It's even like sterile kind of feels medical. Like I'm going to go through ABCD practice because this is what spiritual people should do or whatever. And it's missing that aliveness and that passion and that just um that special umph that mojo that makes everything juicy and makes it feel like so good to be in your body to be in your practice to be in, a soul embodied in a practice in a body excuse me um so th- it's it's a huge difference when we have that liberated arrows otherwise it's like we're um we're not only denying this major part of our humanness and divinity, because this is that this is like that um, this is what really clicked for me. So, coming from having come from an evangelical Christian background and having these experiences with the Holy Spirit, right? I was like, oh, fucking, the Holy Spirit is the most erotic thing ever. Like, it's it's eros, like flowing through. It literally moves my body. It, it speaks through me. It like guides me to things that I usually wouldn't logically do. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's this ironic motherfucker. So I just uh, that really clicked for me. And when you don't have that, it's more like you're scared of am I doing right or wrong? Is this is this right? Am I am I gonna miss it? Am I gonna miss the right plan for me? And when we're connected with that and we're attuned to it in our lives, in our bodies, in our minds, in our energy um, we trust that we'll be guided. Like it's, and it's, again, it's so much bigger than sex. It is just like the, yeah. in the fabric and fiber of everything, consciousness itself.
0: Mm. Oh, delicious. And I would even selfishly love to learn aside from having you talk about this to our listeners, but I loved what you kind of were briefly saying is Eros is not just like sex and pleasure, it's smelling a flower, it's taste, it's vision. So it's I love, yeah, so I would even love like, if there have been some like, or what are some everything examples for you? And then maybe how our listeners and even myself can bring more of that into our life. And then I guess part B of this question is, If they are eager and ready to dive into the eros of that is actually sex and like self-pleasure, how can they begin to use these other facets of eros to then guide them to the sex arrows? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really does begin with because the way that we naturally um, experience or most commonly associate eros is with sex. That's really Mm. the place to begin. So mm. maybe have sex with a partner even, but with yourself, you know, experiencing pleasure. So this is why I typically bring it back to the self-pleasure practice, because when you um, practice deep presence and deep acceptance in your practice, because this is more than just about like, try, you know, getting like, like coming really fast just to get like the the chemical, you know, concoction of, of good feeling stuff, which is amazing. If I mean, that's a huge step, huge step just in. All of the embodiment um, process than not doing that. But if you're doing it with the intention of, like, okay, I'm slowing down, I'm being more present, I'm noticing the small nuances and where I have numbness, where, where I have untapped pleasure that, oh, I didn't realize that that felt good. And what if I touch myself in a different way? What if I go even slower? What if I go even softer? What if I go harder? What if I try something different? And you have an infinite well of possibilities to tap into when you're. When you're doing your self-pleasure practice, it's not just about, you know, orgasms and, and um, penetration, but all of that, including all of that. Um, and so as you, as your body learns how to tap into a deeper presence and acceptance and be aware, grow your capacity of pleasure and eros within that context, then your body begins to feel more free to explore and discover that in other contexts, if that makes sense. So it's like when I started to like relax my nervous system enough in my practice, my body was beginning to get the idea of like, oh, like there's actually all kinds of juicy yumminess all around me all the time. And like one one thing, it was just like my, co- my coffee in the morning. It's such a pleasurable, like erotic experience for me. And I'm just like, oh, and I feel the warmth of it going into my belly and the smell, feeling like the aroma filling my nose and just like the visual of the froth on top that I do and all that stuff. But you begin to notice the sacredness and the sensuality and the aliveness in all of the things, not just in your body. So if someone were to want to begin somewhere, I would encourage them to begin there. I have a whole YouTube channel with a whole lot more content for um, specifically People with pussies. So we have that. It's called Pussy Powered. Um, yes. And I have a self pleasure course. So, you know, like it's just, but I would, I would explore that. I would explore that.
0: Oh, that is so incredible. And I'm glad you like, cause yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made it so clear to me too. Cause I was like, do you start somewhere and then like go there? But that's, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like that's how, that's how spirit
1: started me. They're like, you're just going to go yes. for it. Yes. And it's just going to. Your body will be your guide. Your body will be your guide, like literally where where you're meant to start. And mm-hmm. whenever we notice the resistance in our body, just being more present with that and not trying to override it or force anything, but just like getting curious. Like, oh, what's happening here? Like, like where, where can we soften the resistance? And we soften the resistance by removing the judgment of what is.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. And so you've mentioned several times that you have, you know, <clears throat> or you grew up in this Christian evangelical background. And mm-hmm. what I'm really curious about is, because I know obviously this story could be like the entire podcast of you. Like, oh my God, <laughs> background. But weird. I would love to hear that like nugget of, oh my God, I have found this magic and like that transition and like what that was like for you. Because I <laughs> am so excited to hear how she, Tapped into this and not only is like, woo, like this is for me and my partner, but like, I need to teach about this. So yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's a great question. I mean, there's a lot, a lot more in the story. I guess a really big jumping off point for me was when my husband was going through about two and a half years of depression and disability. And Mm I, I like, he just wasn't him, you know, and we had been married for Almost a decade at that point. We've been married for, it'll be 17 years later this year. But, um, and we had four kids and the youngest was just barely born. And I developed an autoimmune disorder because it was just so much stress that I couldn't, like my body, my body made the decision for me. It's like, "What's up, bitch, we're going to do, we got to change something. So I, I started looking. Yeah, exactly. See, the body's so wide. And so if you don't set your boundaries and you don't know what needs to be done, your body will like speak up for you. And that's what happened, and so that led me down this path of looking for, um, kind of out of the box healing modalities and things, and and I just knew that I couldn't exist in the internal hell that I was in, and I I knew that it wasn't, I wasn't at cause of the external circumstances, otherwise I would just be waiting forever, with like I was just like at the end of my rope. So um, all of the traditional, like I guess, more self help and coaching because I had been already coaching for several years at that time those things were not quite you know doing it the church wasn't doing it and that's when I began to look just be more open and have an openness about what more is out there Um, I got into energy work and energy healing and um, tapping into my spiritual gifts that were previously just like demonic or bad (laughs) or questionable you know within the church and so I'm like okay now that I'm not tied to this, it was still scary. It was still very scary to pull away and explore these things because I'm out here, you know, in the spiritual wilderness at the time, just like not sure what the fuck I even believe in anymore. And, but knowing that love is it, like believing that this source that we, that I called God growing up is just love. It's pure love. And I still believed in that. And so, um, however I could get glimpses of that, I was, I was game. Um, and I started to get into embodiment practices and, and, um, emotional release and different things that helped me tap into my emotions. Um, it was literally a combination of that with, uh, um, visualizing the cells in my body, just being immersed in love that healed my autoimmune disorder. Like, I'm not saying y'all like just do that, but that's, that's how it worked for me um none of the specialists none of the creams none of the steroids nothing worked for me that is what ultimately when i ditched everything else i was like fuck it i'm just i'm going to try this and i believe in love like some folks so cheesy and cliche but like literally that's what healed me um and when my husband started on his journey too you know there's a lot of emotional uh just upheaval that we both went through as we were trying to figure out how to communicate honestly with each other without being Verbally abusive, honestly. Like we just we didn't know the difference. Um, it was a very tough about eighteen months of of, <laughs> of just like getting our feelings out for the first time in our entire marriage, really, um, on a consistent basis. And sex was a big, uh, a, an important space for us even through that time where we got to explore different parts of ourselves that were like we were getting glimpses of in like non sexual contexts. But we were able to give it a safe space to emerge. And um that was uh probably the first like really co-regulating kind of sexual um part of our journey. And when I got into my self-pleasure practice, I originally got that message from spirit during a meditation to start self-pleasuring every day. And I was like, Are you sure? That seems like I'm not one of those women. Like I'm not horny. I barely want sex as it is. Like he has to talk me into it. And it's, he's always so patient with me. And, and I just, I just didn't, I just did it. I just did it. And, um, that not only, um, actually restored a libido that I hadn't had for forever for my whole marriage, really, uh, since the beginning, and it brought so much clarity to my spiritual journey and connecting with this source of love which is what we're surrendering into in the moment of orgasm. And beyond that, like expanding my capacity for pleasure, um, which exponentially made an impact on my sex life. Like not only did I want to do do this more with him, but we started to have these really beautiful, just extraordinary experiences together. I started being able to have orgasms internally during sex, different kinds of orgasms. Like I just really began to open in my self-pleasure practice And that opened up all of these other things for me. So I don't, you know, there's, there's a lot there, but in a nutshell, that's key parts of the story. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: So generous of you and so, so powerful. And I would love to have you answer this because it was so, it was, you know, I'm like still, it's, I don't even, I think I'm thinking too hard about it and I think, This is what made me feel not like, I wouldn't say this was the shame part of me, but it was the piece of me that believed, like, what's the point? And for so many years, I was like, well, how would doing this for myself improve my orgasm or my experience with my partner? What it's like, you know, like I was putting so much reliance on them and- after, you know, of course, like these past couple months of like my practice and really realizing holy whoa, like not that I was, I wouldn't say like, I'm starving myself as so much, but it was, it was yeah. really stifling. And so I guess I would love for you to kind of answer back to the audience or our listeners, like, what is the point when you think like, why, like, you know, why, like, it's me, it's not with my partner. Like,
1: why would I, you know, why would
0: I do it for myself? I don't know. Am i making sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And, and to that point, too, a lot of women have asked me like, well, but doesn't that take away from my sex life with my partner? And it's like, no. So our pleasure is created in t- inside of us. Our partners may inspire that from us, depending on what they're doing to us, the presence they bring into it, you know, all of that. But they're not the originators of it. They're not the source of it. A woman who knows how to be turned on in her own right, like who knows how to get to that, just be turned on in general, she will have the best sex of her life. She is the one that will have all of these incredible experiences that that we, that we all crave, right? So, And the connection, not just physically, but emotionally and energetically because she's tuned into that source. She's not just tuned into him and dependent on... His state of being or emotion or energy, but then they get to dance together, and so then mm. it's exponential. It's like kind of like um, if we approach the entire relationship as a "you complete me" type of type of mindset. You know, like you bring this and I'll bring this and we'll make a whole. But if we're both whole in ourselves and we can true, we can really um, really love each other instead of just feel like this obligation to fill a lack. Because if mm-hmm. if it's fear, lack, or scarcity, it's not love, and we think we're loving each other, but we're just exchanging the transaction, you know, things for each other. So, um, so this is just really intimately um, reflected in our the way that we approach our own pleasure. So, and this is also beyond the self pleasure, but like what? How are we allowing pleasure in our lives in general, or do we make it all about obligation and logic and responsibility? Or can we turn all of those things that could potentially be that into something really pleasurable, you know, and fun and and just life giving. Um, So yeah, the practice, also there are different reasons that women will get into this practice. So one, for example, is is to confront the shame that they feel about their bodies, Um, especially those who have had religious trauma of some kind or have had sexual trauma Um, or have just had a lot of resistance to sexuality and they're not sure why, where it came from. Um, So again, because this is a practice of deep presence with whatever's there, like how much more intimately can we provide that for ourselves? And to be present with our entire yoni and womb space and the energy there, um, again, like the numbness, the discomfort, the pleasure, the whatever we might be storing there energetically. And um, yeah, when you tap in, it's like almost like when you really, when you get to tap into that, then you know what's in it for you specifically. And the vision that is created from that is what keeps you going. Like for me, it became a devotional and it was a, to this day, it continues to be an act of devotion to love. Because I know that when I show up to this, like love meets me there. And whatever I need that day is exactly what I get. Sometimes it's like warring orgasms and I'm in here like, ah, you know, and just like crying. The house is shaking. Raining. And Yeah, I don't know what my neighbors think about me. I don't fucking care. But it's, this, is, this is it. Like, this is, I live in a very quiet neighborhood. That doesn't help. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes <laughs> it's just like, I just That's like squirting over and over. And sometimes I'm just, it's like very zen and it's very like, ah, and I'm like visualizing mm-hmm. energies and things and, and, and like staying present with the pleasure way past orgasm. Like it's, it's just always whatever I need. And as long as I'm open to receiving it, then it can meet me there.
0: Hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that so, so much. And it just even makes me reflect on my own experiences. Like I'm not entirely sure how, like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure everyone has their own practice, but like pretty much for me, whenever I go into my self-pleasure practice, I have three guides I work with and it's like either one of them. And each one of them presents a very different energy. Actually, I wouldn't say very different, but like Mm -hmm. they all have different kinds of incantations, energies, and intentions. It's so
1: interesting. I love that so much. I had one particular experience that, well, the first of many, but this one that was particularly stood out to me was like the presence of the divine masculine itself mm. as the lover as like a ravishing lover and I and I and that just like took over in my practice and I was I was like getting fucked by the universe in the most exquisite way and I just was like like saying the craziest things that I would only say to my husband like call it like saying yes daddy and stuff like that and I was just like I was just a complete rapture yes. and I'm like what? Yeah, my husband hears everything too. Like when he's in the house, he hears everything. He loves it. He's like, I'm so I just love hearing you have a good time there. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) But um, yeah, like I've had some pretty wild experiences and activations. And another thing too is just like working with the intense wild feminine energy, the goddess taking over my body and just showing me some things. Like oh, that was that was like breaking me down in ego. And just like rebuilding me through my pleasure. I, I don't know. Like you cannot ex- explain the stuff that happens in these spaces. But it's like it's transformational. And really like mm-hmm. being initiated into some new depths here through our bodies. And how mm-hmm. much more intimately to do that than through our pussies. You know, like what? Yes. and be penetrated by love. So I use a glass wand. And I love that for multiple reasons, but like it feel has a certain weightiness to it and a density and like an energy that it has like that I have imbued into it over time and mm. um and it has such a beautiful presence to it, and it's like being just like wonderfully fucked <laughs> it's not just like a lifeless dildo kind of feeling, you know it's not that, so that also makes a difference too just side note for whenever. People, whatever people use, whatever you use in your practice, that that is also their sacred elements that you're bringing into it as well.
0: Yes. And I'm like, do you share where to get this one anywhere?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now there's a bunch of them on Amazon now, which is convenient. So if you like, look at yeah, but the way you find it is by typing in glass dildo. They don't really look like dildos. They're actually like pleasure wands. The one that I, the, my personal favorite that I use every day is shaped like this. So it has a curved to the, and these like little ridges. But um, this one, I have an Etsy shop. I literally only have two wands in it. And this is one of like two types of wands. And this is one of them because this is a, a favorite that you just don't find in other places. But there are lots on Amazon now in all different mm-hmm. shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. I would go with something that has a smooth bulbous end, Whatever, whatever folks get um nothing fancy or like sharp or jagged or you know like Ugh. weird shapes like no you don't want to keep it smooth keep it
0: smooth and i because i was like Old. me picturing i'm like it's just like a stick
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> 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 it's The <Yeah. a> curve. <laughs> curve makes a big difference also learning how to yes. work was like i needed that curve and that like pressure in the right spot anyway yes so,
0: curve the curve smooth end oh my god well yeah sounds like to get the the g spot right oh my god it's so funny
1: yeah all the little tricks there
0: (laughs) gotta gotta learn them so now that i feel like we've really dived into like the self and the self-pleasure with spirit i'd love to get a little bit into how to bring that into partnership and what i'm really i think it's, it's interesting because I possibly listeners and even myself, but I know I I'm even actively working through this. I'm like, oh, what if I don't meet a partner who wants to do like exactly tantra with me, but I'm like, just breathe (laughs) with me. Like I kind of trick them into it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I guess even how to begin like this conscious, sex practice with your partner or even I guess begin like I should actually say like what does that
1: look like and what does that not look like yeah I mean it does not look like tricking your partner into it for sure um (laughs) because believe me I have been through all of these things okay that does not work (laughs) Um, They're gonna be like, what are you muttering under your breath? What are you doing? Like, oh, I'm just doing sex magic without you, but your dick is inside of me. I'm trying to use it. Like, don't do that. Okay. Well, you can okay. do. <laughs> so like, no, no, there's a few times that I will be like, don't do that. And this is one of them. Um, but what you want to do is have honest, heartfelt conversations about what sexuality is or what it's evolving into. So for us, because you know, obviously we'd been married for many years before I was aware of this stuff. And there was a certain level of consciousness that we each brought to sex already. He was very patient and present.
0: He was Mm. very patient
1: back when it took me like 50 minutes to have an orgasm. So he was extremely patient. Um, So that wasn't lacking. Like there was that. We also had communication already to some Mm. extent about sex. So you want to communicate about these things outside of the context of sex, like not in the moment that you're doing it. There's a whole just other thing on that. Um, But you want to share with them like what sex means to you, like why it's sacred, why it's special. What's the kind of energy that you want to experience in that space? And you don't have to do this every single time before. But even if you just yourself are aware of what kind of energy you're bringing into the space, that makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference. Especially I hear from so many women who have sex out of obligation, right? a sense of obligation, especially in long-term relationships. A lot of the mothers, They're exhausted. They just want to get it over with and they don't feel pleasure through it. They're just like, they're just like a a masturbation receptacle basically. Uh, And so, and and it's not fun. Like that's not how it's designed to be. And and there, there's so much more in there for them. So when they just simply bring an intention into that space of like, I want to feel openness. I want to feel uh, playfulness. I want to feel, um, I want to feel, I want to feel loved. I want to feel connected.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And you show up with that energy in yourself, and it will inspire a different way of being from your partner if they are present, if they're present with your energy. Now, there's a whole other set of skills involved as well as to communicating with each other, again, outside of the context of sex, uh, about what you want more of, what what you'd like to experience together that's different um, or new. And also communicating, giving each other feedback during sex of like, because this is also a big sticking point for so many women too. They will not speak up when something doesn't feel good or when their mm. partner isn't present. And instead of saying like, hey, are you distracted? They can say, hey, can you come back to me? Like, mm. hey, can, you please, can you please look at me? Or like, can you please look me in the eyes? Or You know, being more in that softness and openness instead of a criticism and control. So these are all very nuanced, like subtle energies, you know, but extremely important. So we're we're talking communication outside of sex and communication non-verbally, even more so than verbally during sex, um, but also verbally when needed. And, And then just naturally over time, attuning more to each other's energies and bringing that awareness to sex. You will find that you start to explore things that are more tantric in nature without even knowing, calling them that. Like we did that for years, actually. We didn't even know that there were tantric things. We were just doing them because it felt good and it felt connected. Um, so it's it's a it's a whole approach to the relationship, not just like how do we make sex, uh, a place for sex magic, if that makes sense.
0: Totally. Oh my gosh, I love that, and even just the sim- like the simplicity of what you said about intention, and that's even something that I teach my students and I talk about constantly. And what I learned from my teachers is that <clears throat> the intention is everything. And people get really wrapped up in, oh, am I doing this meditation, right? What if I get my guide's name wrong? I'm like, yeah. bro, I've got the chakra colors and names multiple times, <laughs> but guess what? It still works. Because why? Yeah. Because my I- there. And I think yeah. it's so important that you said that in this practice too, is like just literally bringing your intention. Like, what are you even feeling that day? Like, okay, I'm feeling like soft and soft like petals, and like I want to be caressed and loved, or like I'm feeling ferocious. Like, I want to. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's a and, place
1: to relief, not to perform. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I also really love how much you talk about, um, <clears throat> like, how do I put this? It's like this service to one another as the masculine and the feminine and how to not stifle each other, but to really like worship and have reverence one another. And it's like those subtle, like you were just saying earlier, like those subtle nuances, like in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. And I would love for you to kind of dive more into that. And like maybe what you see far too often that unfortunately, like whether it stifles our feminine by us doing it to the masculine or like us stifling Mm -hmm. their masculine and how we can Like for those who have male partners, like how we can come into this relationship and like praise them and love them. But also in a way where like they they feel so masculine by serving us, if that makes sense. Then like if we have, of course, like feminine, feminine or masculine, masculine relationships. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if regardless of sex or gender, and I'm going to try to dress as much as I can in the time that we have left. But um, yeah. it, even, even, even regardless of sex or gender, everyone has both of these energies. And so for there to be that sexual chemistry, there is that polarity, at least in mm-hmm. the context of sex in all these you know, different subtle ways. So um, it's more rare that someone or and especially that a couple will be exactly balanced, let's call it, in their feminine and masculine. But usually someone is more, feels more at home in their feminine essence and someone feels more at home in their masculine essence. So it's not about always sticking to their pole or their end mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. polarity. It's really important to honor the fullness of the human experience. And that is our integrity. So there are moments where the masculine, let's say in the traditional sense, like my husband being the more masculine pole and me being the more feminine pole, there are moments that he needs to just be able to break down and fall apart and spill mm-hmm. his guts and have space held for him. Does that happen nearly as much as, it, as, as I need that? No. But it's still, it's still sometimes it's still needed, you know, and, and he goes through things, too. I think a lot of men feel like this expectation to always be stoic and hold space and be grounded. And they're humans, too. And so there is this dance. Right. And with the ma- masculine and feminine in consciousness and in nature, it's not a OK, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. It's a dance. And they're always flowing one into the other. The night fades into the day, the day fades into the night like all of these things are working so harmoniously together and so a big part of that whole dynamic and not stifling his um masculinity and not suppressing my feminine the biggest thing is literally staying in or being in alignment with our hearts Mm. so to get to the heart of things to uncover the love beneath like the love the truth You've got to be willing to head on look at the distortions and the illusions and the fear and the ways that our ego tries to close us off from love. I know that that's kind of maybe elusive, but if you just really sit with that, like you'll, you'll get it. And when you can see what you can operate from that sense of love from your heart, from your true, true, deep heart desires, it will not guide you wrong. It will guide you to express some uncomfortable truths but it will not guide you to attack the other person, for example. So um, again, a lot more nuance in this, but a person in their integrity, in integrity and alignment with their heart, they're going to show up the most powerfully in their relationship, regardless of which energy they're embodying in that polarity, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. Oh my God. Yes, and I'm it's just so funny you bring that up too, because again, like before this, I'm like going through your post I'm like, okay, like which ones did I save? like whatever. And then I remember like coming across that one. It was I think it was saying like freedom isn't about like doing whatever you want. It's about like acting on integrity. And like that yeah. is like like that's where you really do feel the most free. So, yeah, and how much that just emanates not only from your own being, but like, sorry, it might. I'm, like, dog sitting. So I was, like, what are you doing down it's there? <laughs> so perfect. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I mean, but anyways, um, so, so beautiful. And so maybe, like, if you're able to, if you can share some of these, like, everyday little ex- examples of how maybe it, it's, like, whether it's, like, for you and your husband or maybe – tips like you give to your clients or whatnot of like every day how they can begin to live in integrity with their hearts like even if it's just like making each other a cup of coffee and bringing it to them like because yeah. I'm finding yeah I'm just finding like especially with students and clients they're always seeking like oh like well what's an example or like what are these little little things and I feel like sometimes yeah. these spirit you know these big, big concepts are like so big to them and when we kind of break them down in like these little micro ways they're really tangible so i'd love to yeah yeah yeah
1: i mean that that makes sense i mean the, th- the biggest thing for me that i i return to these main concepts like for example um how can i embody love not how can i mm. get love back by giving love like how can i literally embody love there's one and then two like where am i withholding love those two things have radically changed all of my relationships, not just my marriage, but it's been healing my relationship with my brother, with my mother most recently, with people that I have like been distanced from from you know previous seasons of life. Like this is it. you know, and when we can embody love for the sake of being devoted to love and not to receive something, then not only do we actually receive so much more because that energy is clean. It's not like it's not tinged with all of this like expectation and obligation. So not only do we actually receive so much more because love, actually love given, it's love multiplied. But also the other person, like the other thing is a big fear is that that people have is, well, if I, if I show more love, if I give more love, am I going to over give? Am I going to run? Like, am I going to pour out my cup? Look, if it's not, if the cup, the source of your cup is you, then yeah. But if the source of your cup is the infinite love available to all of us, you will never run out. And that love will speak to you and tell you when you need to, you know, um, set different parameters and different boundaries, when you need to like increase your things that will help you self-regulate, things like that. So you do not have to fear um, over giving, if that makes sense. So, um, so I ask myself, you know, where am I withholding love? And when I, here's what I noticed just very tangibly. When I started to do that, I noticed myself ha- being feeling more drawn to um, just going to say hi to him more and just giving him a hug and like just embracing him more. Um, His body had learned for years and years and years to not approach me physically because it would inconvenience me and I would reject him and it would piss me off and then it would wreck his chances of sex later. So that was a big one to undo. And that was healed very gradually. And a lot of that was me being open to that love by just like, we both work at home. So it's like we, you know, we can see each other a lot, especially in passing throughout the day. So instead of just going about my business and being like, well, I was busy all day, I'll take the opportunities that I can to just go and like, look him in the eyes and hold him and have these little micro connections. So it's really that it helps to know what your partner's love languages are too. Like what actually, how do they actually receive love versus how do you prefer to give love? Um, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah that was a big one because presence was something that was really missing from me to him for so long that um, it took some time for him to even believe that that was real Uh, and I had to again embody it not just use it as a manipulation tactic
0: Mm -hmm. I love those two questions that are like to ask yourself that is so so powerful oh my gosh and I feel like yeah. I, I even needed to hear that like within my own life, aside from romantic and just like with family and oh my God, with friends. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. I know I really, really needed to hear that. And okay. So I have two more questions. One is simply out of curiosity. And I just think it's so, so beautiful. So I know you, you share it. It's like in your Instagram bio, you have also just mentioned it, like you're a mother of four and what, is it like doing what you do with kids? I just think that's really, really fascinating because I, I, you know, I've, I've grown up in a family where I would say more on my mom's side, it's Hungarian Jew. So very like, you know, withholding yeah, or yeah, more is embracing of like sex and sexuality and stuff. And yeah, it's just because of history and ancestors and stuff. But I, I'm just like really curious to hear
1: like, what is it like? Yeah, well I mean to be fair, the first our oldest two are teenagers. And mm-hmm. um when they were little I wasn't comfortable talking about things. I literally didn't even teach them that their vagina was called a vagina. I didn't teach them what a vulva was, you know. So it was just cuz that's just what I grew up with. I hadn't yet begun unpacking my sexuality and liberating myself in this way. Mm-hmm. But um our younger two kids are very comfortable just talking about their bodies and mm-hmm. and there's no weirdness or shame of like uh, we can't tell mom like it was a big big breakthrough when I began to be able to talk with my older girls about um, their periods and when they went through that whole transition a few years ago into this like new stage of life that um, when I went through that as a kid as a preteen it was really uncomfortable and I was confused and I, I didn't really I didn't feel like I could talk to my mom about that I just could ask her where I where I can Where are the pads, you know? Um, I wasn't allowed to use tampons because that would count as losing my virginity, you know, stuff like that. So it's just like really the more comfortable we become with it, yeah. The more comfortable we are about something and the more we integrate it into us, it doesn't even become a thing that's like, oh, we have to have the talk. We just have talks. (laughs) We have talks all the time. And they just Uh come up naturally. And our younger kids, when they start hearing things at school and they would ask questions, uh, we could actually talk about it. It didn't have to be like their friends getting misinformation and getting more confused and feeling more ashamed. And we just yeah. get to, you know, like actually integrate this into as, into life as a regular part of life without having a, a shame or a, a disgust around it, you know?
0: Oh, so beautiful and so funny. So I realized like a couple of questions in as we started this podcast, I I'm so excited to dive into it! I forgot to ask you the question I always ask my guests in the beginning of the podcast, and so I'm like, you know what? This is a great way to end it. So, in your own words, what does it mean to embody your soul?
1: Mm. So, very, most simply put, it's following where love is leading me and being open open to love and fully fully feeling having a fully feeling heart which includes all of the uncomfortable emotions too but really being open to where love is guiding me without um letting my ego <laughs> block me <laughs> without letting my ego cock block me from the pleasures of life <laughs> oh my god amen to that sister oh i
0: love that oh my gosh Lucy, thank you so much for your generosity, your time. This has been such an amazing conversation and I cannot wait to keep following you, to keep learning from me, to keep connecting with you. And where can the people find you and how can they work with you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Lucy Lampe, L-U-C-I-L-A-M-P-E. And then all of the current offerings and courses and whatever is happening now will be at lucylampe.com.
0: Oh my gosh incredible also it's eleven eleven here yes, I yeah i
1: noticed Yes, it's 11 here too
0: yes okay I'm Wait. Done. No, because you, you're in california too right yeah yeah okay friends. yes yep
1: san diego
0: okay yes no because i think no because when i talked with you you were abroad or like you were oh, traveling I in Peru. yes i was yes.
1: when we contacted yes, yes. right i remember yes.
0: yeah. because of a sweet fuzzy friend next to you i was like you're not in California time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. We're back in California time.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. Hello, you guys. Oh, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. And I mean, no doubt, I'm sure this episode really awakened something in you or sparked, or I'm sure it may have made you a little bit uncomfortable if this is something that you're not used to talking about, if you never grew up talking about it, or if you're still in this space of getting used to it or understanding it for yourself. And I'm so happy that whoever you are and however you felt listening through this episode, I really, really pray that it benefited you in some way And Please don't be shy. Reach out to myself on Instagram or Lucy on Instagram and please, please, please share and let us know how this episode resonated with you. I wanted to make sure I asked the questions that not only myself selfishly wanted to learn, but also questions to kind of awaken the conversation for yourself within yourself and because this is so important, you guys, self pleasure and just finding pleasure within life and creating that beautiful, intentional, integral connection between ourself and our partners and the universe. So, if you haven't already, make sure to give myself a follow on Instagram at the modern medium underscore. Give this podcast a follow and share this episode with anyone you think would be super into it or needs to listen to it ASAP. And of course, make sure to give Lucy a follow on Instagram as well as check out her website and check out all of her beautiful services. She has free workshops and she is so active and she shares incredible, incredible wisdom on Instagram alone. So there's no doubt that you'll find any... I'm sure you'll find something, something amazing from Lucy's page. And I am just so blessed to have her in my circle and to be connected with her. So I love you guys very, very much. And again, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. And I will see you guys next time.